All right, that's a nice win for the Jazz against the Toronto Raptors. Let's talk about a few things. The Jazz roster, Jordan Clarkson. How good is Will Hardy? What cookies should I eat for Christmas? Let's talk about it. It's the Hoopsner Show. All right, guys, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Price Picks, tonight before we jump in. There we go. Uh, go to pricepicks.com, use promo code Hoopsner. They will match up to $100. That's free money for you. So if you go to pricepicks.com, use promo code Hoopsner, they will match whatever you put up to $100. So if you put $100, they'll give you $100. You put it on $5, they'll give you $5. What's up, Robert Hall? Welcome to the chat, baby. Uh, anyways, go do it today. It supports the channel, it supports. Uh, yeah, the channel and everything else, and it's a lot of fun. I personally get a lot of, of fun at it. I I do a lot better looking at the jazz side because obviously, uh, but it's actually pretty fun. When you hit, it's a blast. Anyways, if you haven't already, go try it out. It's a lot of fun, and tell them Hoops Nerd sent you with Hoops Nerd promo code. All right, so the Utah Jazz get a nice win tonight, and it was a game that had a lot of interesting things to it and some interesting lineup changes that Will Hardy did that honestly won the game. And it was a fun game to watch. Let's see. Let's bring this. Merry Christmas to you, Robert Hall of Fame, my man. The one of the actually, I think you are the OG, the original member of the All-Stars. Freaking awesome, Robert Hall. Uh, let's see. Let me bring me down and let's talk about this. So probably the biggest storyline of this game, too, for the Jazz was that jo Jordan Clarkson comes back and he also comes in a sixth man role, plays 30 minutes and was awesome. Uh, he has had a rough year this year. We've talked about it plenty this season. He has had the worst statistical year of his career. So to see him come in and play this well means he probably needed some some rest. And man, did it look like it helped him out. 50% from the field, 40 per, 44 from three, 100% from the free throw, free throw line, 30 points. He was stupendous. Look at this, 13 assists for Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn was awesome tonight. Uh, but anyways, Jordan Clarkson was great tonight. Looked really, really good. And, you know, I have a feeling... Well, I wrote two... Tr actually, during the game, because I just needed to, I'm getting them up there, SB, all right? But the trade rumor articles are up on SLC Dunk. I put two of them. We had a trade rumor from... What was it? And I got to do videos about these, actually. I should do an article and a video. But we have a trade article trade rumor from uh, Michael Scotto talking about Laurie Markkinen and then a trade art rumor from Mark Stein talking about uh, Laurie Markkinen and maybe I'll make videos about those if you want me to let me know in the comments and I'll make a video discussing each one uh, but anyways uh, go there go check those out um, I don't even know where I was going with that but let's get into this Jordan Clarkson was the the oh what I was trying to say is both articles, and especially the Mark Stein article, and some of the other rumors I've talked about before, is that Jordan Clarkson is on the trade block. He just is. So there was probably no one happier than Danny Ainge tonight seeing him play so well for the Jazz and show what he can do, especially in that sixth-man role. I mean, honestly, this was as much as anything and a, a chance for Danny Ainge to go and say, hey, when we had him playing in his rightful role where he's coming off the bench and scoring, look what he does. Look what he does. We've been having to start him, and because of this Jazz roster, we just don't have a lot of playmaking, and so we've asked him to do a lot of things that he's not very good at 
tonight he got to just be free and play a bench unit against a bad Toronto Raptors team. But even still, the Jazz have had Jordan Clarkson play bad against bad teams. And so it was nice to see him do this tonight. It gives trade fodder to Danny who can go and say, hey, you know, give me something for him and you can have him. The top, you know, and Jordan Clarkson's contract is very tradable. It doesn't have, uh, it's just not a very big number. It's like 15 to 17, something. It's like 15-ish, give or take. And I can't remember exactly, something somewhere around there. And so very tradable. Any team that wants him, it's very contract friendly. So it's not going to be hard to match. The other player they mentioned in this game, uh, Kelly or in the trade article rumors is Kelly Olynyk. Um, he is available if anyone wants. And also we've heard from Andy Larson that John Collins is available. And I think those names, John Collins actually starts tonight. He had been coming off the bench before. We got to talk about that too. The lineup changes are actually very good, but also something that are very hard. There's a lot of things that's being asked of Will Hardy this season that I just think needs to be taken into context if you're judging Will Hardy's performance, you know. Um, John Collins tonight starts at center, and he puts up numbers, but they weren't incredible. Uh, the tough thing with him is that he is going to struggle defensively. I mean, that's one of the things I was kind of interested to see how good he would be defensively, and it's not been very good. It's been subpar. There's some numbers in the advanced statistics where you can see his rim protection is actually pretty solid. Like if you go to cleaning the glass and look at his, uh, if you look at his rim protection numbers, they're actually interestingly pretty good. Uh, so I think his best role may be center, but probably a backup center to, in like a five out lineup with like a really good team, you know that has incredible scoring. Someone like the Sacramento Kings should probably look at John Collins or like the, the you know, who should look at John Collins is like the Los Angeles Clippers. You know, if they could get him on that team and give them a vertical threat who can also spread the floor, I mean, come on, that's pretty great. Considering all the wing defenders they have, it would be a very nice fit. So that's just kind of the type of team. Robert Hall, member for 34 months. That's incredible, Robert. I appreciate it so much. Uh, gonna miss G JC if he goes. He's been my fave in years past, but I know not all good things last. Just live, just loved how he used to come off the bench and seriously light things up. Yeah. And we saw that tonight. I mean, he comes off the bench, 30 points, just lights it up. And I think that's his best role. I He struggled in the playoffs with the Jazz, but I don't know if that's quite his fault or if that's a Quinn Snyder thing. What? Uh, but in terms of just being a sixth man, he's awesome. He won sixth man of the year. And there are times where he's just incredible. And that season where the Jazz had like the number one offense in the NBA, the number one record and all those things, part of that coincided with Jordan Clarkson playing off the bench and just having a career year. He was incredible that year. And so this was just a, rem a reminder that he can be so good in the right role. And that's the tough thing for this Jazz team. So uh, before we talk about roles, uh, Larry Markinen showed why he's so awesome and why the Jazz really love him. And if you want to get Larry Markinen, then you're going to have to pay up. Look at this. Five assists for Larry Markinen. I was kind of paying attention to it. And some people have given me a hard time because I mentioned it. Well, partly because he had that streak of games with no assists. And it was getting to the point where I was like, holy crap, this is not good. Uh, but tonight, five assists. And one thing I was kind of noticing tonight is Markinen moving the ball within the offense. And I think one thing this team is doing, and guess what? You should probably give a little credit to the coach. He is not letting players play that do not move the ball within the offense. Outside of Markinen, who, you know, he deserves the minutes. 
But if you're not moving the ball and the ball isn't moving offensively, you're not going to play. The selfish play has led to Colin Sexton getting off the bench. And by the way, how has Colin Sexton started playing better? He's been moving the ball within the offense. He has been, the other players on the team trust what he's going to do with the ball. Unlike at the beginning of the year where you could just see, you could honestly just watch them avoid passing Sexton the ball because they knew that if Sexton got the ball, it was not going to go anywhere. It was going to be a shot for Sexton. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's not. But you, if it's if the, all he ever does is just take the ball and shoots it, it's hard for you to want to move the ball if you don't know you're going to get it back. And that has a cumulative effect, you know. And I think Markinen felt that a little bit. A lot of these guys have felt that. So, anyways, we're seeing this Jazz team play better and better and better this year. They are slowly getting better. I think a lot of us were used to last year, last season, I should say, where the Jazz get that had that 10 and 3 start which coincided by the way and we've got to, it's got to be mentioned I know Mike Conley was on that team but guess what you know who else was on that team Malik Beasley was on that team Jared Vanderbilt was on that team we've looked at it we've talked about it that team was good you know Walker Kessler comes off the bench because Jared Vanderbilt's playing uh they have all these players uh Kelly Olynyk all these guys that worked actually pretty well together and Jared Vanderbilt playing center, which was actually pretty fun. That was a really interesting, weird, unique, good team, to be honest. That's why they went 10-3. and three. But that was a good team. They traded all those veterans to lose games. But we found out how good Larry Markkinen was. But that team moved the ball. Uh, what's going on this year is I think that we probably expected the Jazz to be a little better. They get, they get John Collins from Atlanta for a song for basically nothing. They have all this talent from last year that had time to play together. You know, Sexton, THT won the, ga the Jazz some games last season that they didn't want to win. They wanted to get higher in the lottery, although it kind of worked out anyway. Taylor Hendricks looks great. But those pieces that you thought had developed into something maybe a little bit better, had some cohesion, would come into the season and play a little better, did not play well. THT and Colin Sexton as starters to start the year were terrible they were horrible and i have a very very educated opinion on this that's not on will hardy uh i don't think it was his choice to have tht starting just an educated opinion there and that's all i'm gonna say about that but Keontae george looked so good and developed so much at a certain point that it demanded he played, and so he starts nine games into the season, and things start to look a little bit better for this Jazz team. But it was brutal for that year. And throughout the year, we've seen Sexton get less minutes, although recently he has been playing better, and guess what happens? He's playing 24. He's starting. Jordan the Goat, best roll, 999. My man. Thank you so much, Jordan, and thank you for being an all-star, supporting the channel. You already do, and then you give me a donation. You're incredible. Uh, Merry Christmas. Thanks for all you do, James. Go Jazz. I, You know what? Merry Christmas to you, Jordan. Happy holidays to everyone. Uh, I hope everyone has an incredible Christmas season. By the way, uh, we'll keep going. I got to go tonight and get some pinwheels. It's my favorite. I think it's my favorite cookie outside of Oreos for Christmas. I forgot to get the pinwheels. Pinwheels are elite. Let me know in the comments what is your favorite Christmas cookie. Mine are pinwheels. Super good. And if you don't know what pinwheels are, they're the ones that they're like kind of a graham cracker bottom with like the marshmallow and then they're covered in chocolate. What's not to like? What if they did like a mint pinwheel? Oh, baby. 
that would be pretty good. But anyways, thank you, Jordan. I really appreciate it. So anyways, uh, John Collins starts. We already mentioned that a little bit. The numbers aren't that great. Colin Sexton has been playing much better. Look at this, 16 points, uh, 5 for 11 from the field, 1 for 2 from 3. He's going to be someone that someone out there is going to be interested in. Shortbread for Robert. I like it. Especially dipped in. You know what else I like? Uh, speaking of like shortbread type cookies, I love Biscoffs. Oh my gosh. And they make great cheesecake crust, my dude. Graham cracker style shortbread cookies make great crisp. If it makes a good uh, cheesecake crust, I'm a fan. When you mush that up, put some butter in there form it in the spring form make your cheesecake yeah baby yeah baby chunky chocolate chip oatmeal for jordan the goat i like oatmeal cookies are underrated by the way oatmeal cookie you know who's like the oatmeal cookie of the utah jazz it's chris dunn chris dunn who starts the oatmeal chocolate chip cookie of the utah jazz is chris dunn because you know what a lot of people don't talk about it a lot of people don't give it a lot of credit but that Oatmeal chocolate chip cookie is always good, always solid, and plays really good defense. <laughs> and that is Chris Dunn. 34 minutes tonight. Yes, the shot wasn't falling for him at an elite level, but man, he was moving that ball. And it's probably not a coincidence that Jordan Clarkson gets 30 points, Larry Markinen gets 30 points, and, and why? Well, you've got elite point guard play going on through Chris Dunn while he's on the floor. So that's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, Steve, wh who would you trade first, Sexton or THD? I mean, I'd try to trade them both if I could. I would because, you know what, I prefer Chris Dunn. I prefer Keontae George, obviously. Keontae George is the future of this Jazz team at the point guard position. And so anything that clears things up for him to play, I would do it. Uh, I would probably trade THT first because I think there's some there's some influence to play him. And I would like that influence gone. And so it would be nice if if uh, that was gone and Coach Hardy could do everything that he wants to do, which I don't think is always the case. So just that's why. And then Sexton as well. Um, it's more with Sexton. I love that he's playing hard. I love his his demeanor and like, you know, one thing that's I've really appreciated and grown to love about Colin Sexton too, is there, there's been a few games this season where the jazz have been just like the, the, you know, another team has like blown the doors off of the jazz, right. Where they've just been just completely down by 30 points or something. And one thing that I appreciate about Colin Sexton is that he does not care. He's going to go in and play his heart out and try to get the jazz to win the game. You know, the, coolest story about if you haven't seen it it's the one of the coolest basketball stories ever but when Colin Sexton played for Alabama does anyone remember when I can't remember if it was like I think it was like a technical technicality like there was some sort of fight in a game for him in Alabama and there was another there like players came off the bench and so many came off the bench that they had to eject them and the Alabama was left with like literally three players Colin Sexton and two other guys and they were behind by 10 and nearly came back and won the game. Go YouTube that. It's insane. And it is uh, it is a reminder about who Colin Sexton is. Deep down at his core, that dude is competitive. He is going to play 100 miles an hour no matter what. And what's really cool about this season is how he's evolved. Because I tell you what, I hated watching 
Colin Sexton the first 15, 20 games. I hated it because it was what we've already talked about. You didn't know where that ball was going to go. The playmaking was not there, and it was not fun. It's just not fun to watch, and I don't think Will Hardy liked it either, and that's why his minutes slowly got worse. Remember, he was getting less minutes than Keontae George when Keontae George was coming off the bench. It was that bad. You know, and Keontae George showed, and I know from some things I've heard, that Keontae George, before the season started, was incredible. Like, best player on the court at times during training camp and and OTAs. Like, guys, I'm telling you, we should be excited about Keontae George. And there's a reason why the Jazz are being ultra careful with him. You don't, he is the future at point guard for this team. He's going to be so good. And they just want to make be careful with him. And I agree, like, there's no point in this season where the Jazz are not going to win a title uh, to push anything, especially when you're getting good nights from, like, Chris Dunn, right? Uh, Simone Fontecchio, I think I like him coming off the bench a little more. And one thing that's nice about Fontecchio is if he's having one of those nights where he's playing really well or there's some sort of matchup that he does does really well, then you can play him more, you know? I think it's pretty tough if he's starting because, you know, there are nights where he shoots, like, two for nine. Uh, tonight, he has a nice night, goes two for three in short minutes, which, you know, that's not easy to do. Coming in and playing a short amount of time and being efficient and playing well is a skill. You know, it's hard. Some players are rhythm players. Some players just need that ball in their hands. It takes a few plays to kind of feel out the defense, what they're doing, understand what the defensive scheme is, and then go from there. Sometimes you've just got to come in and you've got to play your offense off the bench. And that's hard to do sometimes, you know. NBA defenses and NBA athletes are elite and and difficult to understand. And so to come in and just be able to knock down shots, play the offense well. Honestly, I think sometimes a good bench player is someone that understands the offense pretty well and also understands when they can break it. Sorry, my foot itches. And I think that someone like Jordan Clarkson is nice in that role because he can kind of understand and then also just kind of use your talent to beat another guy. And that's one thing that Jordan Clarkson definitely does. He's such a skilled scorer that he can over he can just outplay a lot of different guys. Uh, Walker Kessler plays 25 minutes. He has a plus 17. This is one of the guys and Ochai Abaji as well. Look at this. Ochai Abaji, who's just becoming one of my favorite players ever. I I know I've been a little hard on him this channel because I just want to see more aggression. 23, 23 minutes, just five shots. Um, you just want to see more, but he has nine points. He's a plus eight. He plays defense, and I love the transition play from him. That's the thing that's so nice and is such a weapon from Ochai Abaji is his, his movement and transition. And then Walker Kessler in the fourth quarter absolutely won this game for the Jazz. Look at that, plus 17 there's Oh, and plus 19 for Jordan Clarkson, but I would argue that Walker Kessler's defense was absolutely dominant in this fourth quarter. You can go watch this game again. I know I probably will. I'll just watch. One thing I've actually really enjoyed with Jazz Plus is that highlights thing they do. It's not the full game like they promised us, which is annoying, but it's close. And you can watch just every play, and they'll show almost every single significant stat play, which is pretty awesome. And they're about 20 minutes long. Pretty great. If you miss the game, you can watch that and get a really good flavor of the game, which I like to do. But watch the fourth quarter and you'll see um, Walker Kessler looked like last year's Walker Kessler. And I think it's been a tough year for Walker Kessler and also Will Hardy figuring out what to do with Walker Kessler. Um, and let's just get into this. You know, Walker Kessler was dominant last year. I think third place was probably about right for where he got in Rookie of the Year. 
Um, maybe a little, a little inflated because of some advanced statistics stuff, but you know what? He was really good, and I obviously really liked him, and I think he's, you know, at worst, a future piece of this Jazz team, and if they trade him, they'll get something nice. I don't think they will, because uh, he's a young, nice, starting caliber center. Um, but Will Hardy, let's talk about Will Hardy. I had a lot, I had like five or six people, you know, on Twitter just talking about Will Hardy again. This is Will Hardy's fault. Well, maybe, maybe, but I would argue that this fourth quarter, um, Will Hardy goes with a lineup. He goes with Chris Dunn, Jordan Clarkson, Ochai Abaji. Uh, he had Larry Markinen at the four and then Walker Kessler at the five. And it absolutely blitzed the the Raptors out of the gym. I mean, they went on an insane like 40 to 20 run. It just destroyed them. And you got to give credit to Will Hardy for finding that lineup. And I think you actually need to give him more credit based off of what's going on with this Jazz season. I don't, I mean, after tonight, and let's look at it just out of curiosity. Let me, let's see. Let's pull this up. The Jazz are now sitting at eighth. They actually jumped Toronto with this game. If your goal is to tank, this was not a good win. For, <laughs> this was not a good outcome. And I would be like to be a fly on the wall in the Jazz front office to see what they thought about this game. But anyways, they jumped Toronto. Look at this. Will Hardy is only a half game back of Quinn Snyder. And Quinn Snyder, their job is to win games. And Quinn Snyder can play whoever, how many minutes he wants. He can start whoever, however much he wants. There is no other prerogative. They have that one, what was their rookie? Um, their rookie that a lot of people liked, including me. I really liked him. Um, who did Atlanta take? And they don't play him. Uh, Kobe Bufkin. I mean, even on the stream, I always thought, oh, maybe maybe we'll get Kobe Bufkin. And we got Keontae George. And my goodness, thank goodness we got Keontae George. That's why I trust the front office. Trust what they, their scouting, trust their in, in, you know, their in-gym workouts and things like that. Like right now, the Jazz are doing a ton of scouting. They're scouting Cooper Flagg. They're scouting all these guys on G League Ignite. All these guys are getting scouted. And, you know, you learn things by scouting by just watching games. It's not just math, you know. That's why, I mean, tonight I was reminded too, like, thank goodness the Jazz did not pick Grady Dick, who was considered the best shooter in the draft. And if you just go by numbers, if you treat basketball like it's just fantasy basketball and or just a math equation, if that's your analysis of basketball, well, then you probably pick Grady Dick. And I don't think Toronto's super happy with Grady Dick because guess what? He's doing very badly in the G League. Unlike uh, Taylor Hendricks, who's been awesome in the G League, and now when he's playing on an NBA floor, is impacting games, like palpable impact on the floor, you know, Grady Dick is not. And so the Jazz are doing their homework right now, and so that's why I would be interested to see what they thought about tonight's win, because <laughs> I don't know. But the Jazz now are on a route to possibly be making the playoffs, and Will Hardy is doing this. Look at this roster. Look at who didn't play tonight. I mean, how many Jazz fans want Bryce Sensabaugh to play? I know I would like to see Bryce Sensabaugh play, but I would like to see Taylor Hendricks play. I actually think Taylor Hendricks will help the Jazz win, and probably more than John Collins, to be honest. In fact, I bet if you asked Will Hardy and you had Wonder Woman's golden rope of truth and you wrapped it around his wrist and asked him what he thought, I bet he'd agree. 
I bet he'd agree. But here's some things. I know that when, and they don't show it tonight, but guess what? Who we don't, these are the guys we want to see. Bryce Sensabaugh, Taylor Hendricks. We also want to see Keontae George play, right? So that's three guys we want to see play. Guess who else didn't play tonight? Here, can I put my hand in the right spot? THT. And by the way, there is pressure to play THT. There just is. The Jazz would like to trade him. They would like to. That's something they want to do. You can go read all the trade rumors. He's on every trade rumor article I've written this year. And I've even heard some things from certain places. They want to. So guess what? They want him to play. Right now, Will Hardy has THT, who they want to play. He has players that he's supposed to showcase. He has players he's supposed to develop. And then he's also supposed to make the play-in tournament, according to reports from local writers. And that's hard to do. You've got to mix it up. Plus, you've got these are all NBA, you know, rotation caliber players that want to play. Taylor Hendricks was not happy about going to the G League. That was that article from um, SL Trib. What's his name? Eric Walden. You know, you got to keep these guys happy, and that's why they're putting him on the floor. He doesn't want to be in the G League. I bet that's part of why he's with the team, because they want to make him happy, and they know how great he is. And, and, you know, I bet if they had their choice, they probably wouldn't mind Taylor Hendricks playing 32 minutes a night for the Stars and just getting more run. But at the same time, it's nice for him to be on the team and get the coaching and start building relationships with everyone on the floor, especially in, like, player walkthroughs. You already go two free Jazz Plus games? I think mine's New Year's Day. Oh, Robert! I got to look at my tickets. I uh I think it's in January like the somewhere. I I did it late like a dummy and there wasn't that many left. I got to go check on that. I probably need to bring bring my son. Um although I'm going to have junior jazz tickets as well, so. Uh but anyways, those are four players that didn't even play tonight that everyone wants to play. On top of that, how many players got on the floor tonight? Uh let's see. Larry Markinen, Kelly Olynyk, John Collins, Colin Sexton, Chris Dunn, Jordan Clarkson, uh, Simone Fontecchio, Walker Kessler, Ochai Abaji. That's 13 players that Jazz fans want to either Jazz fans want to play or front office wants to play other guys to be able to trade them. And I think if there was ever a sign that the Jazz are going to make a trade this trade deadline, it's just to consolidate. Like, go get a bad contract or two that you know you don't have to play or you don't care about playing. Like, you know, like, go help some team out. You know, they can't afford to go out and get, like, uh, what's his name? Like, Russell Westbrook when he had that $40 million contract and he came to the Jazz so they could offload more good assets to the Lakers and get a nice pick. Something like that is hopefully what the Jazz probably do. And then they can just let someone like that, you know, a team that needs some relief, can give the Jazz some sort of pick and take those players because those guys just don't have a lot of value. I think Sexton has some value. THT doesn't have a ton of value. And his contract falls off this year. And I would not be surprised once trade deadline passes if the Jazz just start winning more and more games, convey the pick. Uh, the thing that was interesting about the, I think it was the Skoto article, he had someone talking about the contract for Larry Markinen likely going to try and renegotiate this offseason. And if Larry Markinen's telling the truth, and I think he is, he wants to stay in Utah, that's probably what's going to happen. And if the Jazz don't want to play her this year, and I know there's, you know, I, honestly, Bryce Sensabaugh would be pretty good in this draft. You know, I th there are some guys in this draft I do like, 
But I wonder if the Jazz are just like, you know, we're not going to be the worst team in the league. We don't want to be the worst team in the league. But if that's what it, if that's I mean, there's been times where we've looked pretty bad and there may not have been a choice. But if this Jazz team is starting to roll like this, then things could get interesting. And I actually think if you play Taylor Hendricks more, uh, obviously with Keontae George, you probably win more games, especially come end of season when there are going to be teams trying to lose. But anyways, 13 players that either the Jazz front office wants on the floor or Jazz fans want on the floor for development. And I'm sure actually the front office wants to develop those players as well. By the way, thank you for the 199, Robert Hall. And so Will Hardy has to figure out how to play all these guys. And some of these guys have not had the best body language. Like Jordan Clarkson's body language this season has been bad. Like darn near toxic at times. So it was nice to see him play well tonight. And maybe he's just frustrated about his own play and whatnot. But it's not been good. It's not been very good. I mean, statistically the worst uh, season of his career. Tonight is an outlier compared to the rest of the season. And Will Hardy has to figure out how to play him because he's on the trade block and the Jazz want to trade him. And so uh, that's a tough thing for him to have to figure out. So you're having to play this guy that's not been very good in the locker room and has really, really struggled. You're having to play THT, who the Jazz also would like to trade, has not been very good this season, shooting the ball at a low rate. Um, the Jazz have Kelly Olynyk on the trade block. They're probably trying to trade him, see what they can get for him. He's not a good defender. He's not, but they have to get him on the floor. And now, according to Andy Larson and Mark Stein and all these guys, John Collins is on the trade block as well. And good offensive player, not a very good defensive player. And so if people are angry about the defense, well, guess what? It's just the roster, you know? I I, I just have a really hard time if people say, well, you know, if, if they just got the, them to play harder, they would win. Well, you know, maybe... But this is a league of NBA players who have worked their hearts out to get to this point. They're the best players on the planet. And there are just other players on these teams that are just bigger athletes, better players. You know, Kelly Olynyk tonight had seven assists, seven points, four rebounds. He is a really solid offensive player. Defensively, he's not very good. But offensively, he is great. But, you know, and there's things this season, like look at who this starting backcourt is for the jazz like people are saying will hardy's not doing a good job i'm like chris dunn was not even in the nba two years ago before last season he was in the g league colin sexton got his you know why colin sexton got his contract he was on that bad leg he did not have a very good reputation uh as like a winning player remember kevin loved threw the ball at his head that one time he was so tired of colin sexton not passing him the ball remember that Anyways, Colin Sexton gets a contract to match so that the Jazz can trade Donovan Mitchell to the Cavaliers. That is like literally part of it. And I think they felt like, well, maybe we can re we can turn Colin Sexton into a winning player. Well, guess what? They kind of have. And you got to give that to credit to Will Hardy and his coaching staff. You know, there are, you know, I know there are all sorts of elements to coaching, whether it's it's lineups, um, whether it's game plan whether it's you know i guess i was talking with some uh laird doman on twitter he's talking about motivation um there's there's just all sorts of you know there's game management how do you manage the game are you calling timeouts at the right time are you challenging 
you know, changing lineups. Are you getting guys in when you need to? Uh, all these different things. And then player development, developing your young players, uh, all sorts of things. And then not to mention the thing that's probably the hardest for this Jazz team right now is just like player personality management. You've got all these guys in the locker room that are big time personalities. They have money on the line. They all want to play. And they're all trying to get their numbers. And when you've got a team that's not winning games, it is really hard to turn it around. Because guess what? All of a sudden, someone like Colin Sexton's like, well, I, you know, or THT, by the way, we've seen it a lot this year. Uh, I'm on an expiring contract. I want another contract. I would like to get paid again. I'm going to go out and get my, my buckets, okay? You know, screw this pass or screw this play that, you know, sets up a nice play for Lowry Markinen. I need a contract. I, you know... And honestly, can any of us, if you were in that position, would you be much different? If the difference between you getting $10 million a year and passing the ball to Larry Markkinen, what, what are you choosing? <laughs> right? It's only human. And these are the most competitive athletes on the planet, you know? So I think he's done a fantastic job. And then guess what? The Jazz are only six games below 500. After one of the most brutal starts to the season – like difficulty wise for the, the there's the word schedule. It's not coming. I'm getting older. I've ever seen, I mean, absolutely set up to fail type of schedule. And they have now put piece together a 12 and 18 season with all these things going on. I would just, I would just argue Will Hardy's been pretty darn good. And most of it has been with so many poor defensive players and they've also had poor offensive players in that the jazz have had the worst um in fact let's look at it so uh turnover percentage dallas mavericks are the best in the league that's probably because it's in lucas hands look at that that right there the worst turnover percentage in the nba worse than the pistons blazers and spurs who have much worse records uh and they the jazz are finding a way to win despite that why is that well because they've had the worst point guard play in the league until they started Keontae George and even Keontae George has struggled here at times because guess what he's a rookie point guard but he's looked like an absolute savant compared to what the Jazz were going out there with Colin Sexton Chris Dunn and THT and somehow Will Hardy has pieced together uh, a team that has now won let's see two in a row maybe three I don't know if this has been updated let's see if it updates I don't think so. But anyways, they're now winning more games than they're losing. The last, let's go to NBA.com standings. Uh, let's go see it. Right now, Utah Jazz sit at 12. They are not far out of the play-in. Uh, 12 and 18. They've won two in a row. They're five and five in their last 10. I mean, they're on a 40, you know, a 41 win pace right now. I don't think, I mean, there's a lot of people that thought the Jazz would be bad. I was high on the Jazz this year. I'm not going to lie. I, I guessed 42. I thought they'd be like a 500-win team. So, I don't know. Should I pat myself on the back? I do enough of that. <laughs> no one wants me to do that. But I, you got to give Will Hardy credit. Sorry. He's done a good job. Sorry. He has. Now, if there's little gripes here and there, sure. Like, he's still a very young coach. He's still got some developing to do as well. I think he's the second youngest coach in the NBA. But I think he's done a really good job, all things considered. And one thing that's kind of exciting for the rest of the year, and actually, let's look about this, because I wanted to look at conveying, and I might be changing my opinion. In fact, let's look at the Utah Jazz schedule. 
Um, let's see here. Let's see. Does this one look good? All right. Yes. This is perfect, actually. So, no, I don't. Okay. So, anyways, December 26th, they play San Antonio. Likely a win. They've beaten New Orleans. Have they beaten them twice this year? I know they've beaten them once. Look, they beat New Orleans twice. Two in a row, by the way. Why can't they beat them a third time in the row? That's going to be a tough one. That's at Smoothie King and then Miami. But I, I'm starting to feel pretty confident about this Jazz team. They're going to start winning games. Uh, they still get to play Detroit. This is actually a pretty rough stretch here. Look at this. Boston, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Denver. Woo! That's pretty rough. But if the Jazz can win some of these games, then why not? But I don't think anyone expects them to be more than, oh, come on, uh, than a uh, 500 team. And that's kind of what they're playing at right now, which is pretty impressive considering what they're doing, developing young players and so on. And so it's going to be an interesting trade deadline. I think it's going to make things easier on Will Hardy. The Jazz do have to choose a direction a little bit. And I think that's what they're, they've kind of done a little this year. But with all these players on the trade block that can be had, I think they're going to try to move these guys because I do think that the Jazz can likely make the... If they can get the top 10 out of the, the bottom 10, then they can convey that pick to Oklahoma City, which they want to do. Uh, if they get out of the top 10 and they somehow are like 11 through 14 and jump to number one, then I guess you're happy with that because then you get the number one pick and you get a pretty solid player in not a very good draft uh but i think they'd be more than happy to end up at like 12 or 13 convey the pick and be developing players uh but that what's crazy is i mean i just don't see them overtaking the suns i know they're struggling but the suns are gonna figure their things out they've got kevin durant and devin booker i i have a hard time seeing them not at least getting in the play-in uh you know maybe if 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 Zion eats himself out of the lineup again, I don't know. Golden State's struggling, but you know what? They, uh, they're, they've won five in a row, it looks like. So uh, maybe they've figured something out. But if the Jazz can somehow just get into this area, if they can overtake Atlanta and Chicago and Brooklyn, then they convey their pick, which is what they wanted to do. That was the goal for the season. Man, Atlanta... Quinn Snyder is only a half game better than the Jazz, and he doesn't have the struggles that 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 will hardy does and honestly doing worse than the coaches before him to be honest they brought in quinn snyder for eight million a year and he's doing worse so <laughs> that's what you get plus dante exum right now is just killing it in dallas I just I just am enjoying a lot of the things and how they have played out. It's been very satisfying to me. I'll just say that. I'll just say that. But anyways, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch how this plays out. In a way, it's kind of fun to think if the Jazz can just convey. Uh, what's a saying for convey? Uh, all the way to convey. <laughs> That's the... That is the... That is the, the the victory of this season. All we want is to convey the pick. Convey the pick. <laughs> but actually, it is good because guess what? And that's why, you know, the Lowry Mark and trade rumors, I don't think anyone should uh, ignore those at all. 
because every single rumor is coming from other GMs, which is interesting to me because other GMs want Laurie Markkinen. And that's the big thing from uh, Mark Stein. And, you know, I'll do a video about it. But what does Mark Stein say? There are like three, he says, there's one or two or three teams that are going to test the Jazz's resolve to keep Lowry Markkinen. I think that's more or less the quote. And nights like tonight show how good he is. And let's say Oklahoma City comes and says, you know what, Jazz? We'll, give, we'll take the conveyance off of the pick this year so you don't have to worry about that anymore. That counts as one first because it really does. Uh, the Jazz are going to convey that pick pretty soon, and they do not want to convey it during the Camboozer season. You just don't want to because that's going to be a pretty good draft, and they definitely don't want to convey it next year. Why? Cooper flag. Uh, and so I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma City comes and says, we'll take the conveyance off your pick. We'll give you the unprotected Clippers pick. We'll give you, you know, Another one of their other treasure troves of picks. I don't know. They've got a ton. We could look at it. But let's say they get the Clippers unprotected. They get the conveyance off of theirs. They get like three firsts from Oklahoma City, whether it's theirs or other picks. And then they give you like Usman Jang or something like that. And another young guy that you can just play. Uh, I think Jang is on the, the Thunder. I can't remember if I'm wrong whatever but something like that a young player and they get to keep their core and the jazz get to keep what they got oh look my work those are ads from my work they're working nice that's great i work at you first credit union <laughs> good job good job team but anyways those are those are that's and what if they come to you like that and they say oh by the way we'll give you case and wallace and five picks we would like lowry marketing and want to win now that's pretty tough to pass up pretty tough right so i don't know it's going to be an interesting trade season i think the jazz do want to keep larry markinen i actually think that larry markinen is in on this plan for the jazz where i think he's okay resting here and there if he's got any sort of ailment he's just going to sit because the jazz don't want to hurt get him hurt and then if they want to sign him long-term and do the same thing Oklahoma City did where they sit him for periods of time so they can go get Cooper Flag, they can go try for Camboozer, something like that. I think the Jazz are probably not going to be very good next year either, guys. I think they're going to very, go very young, especially if they get a player in this draft. We'll see what happens. That's why this is a really interesting season. If the Jazz get like a top six, seven pick in this draft, I mean, that's another thing. Memphis is really good, and they've won three in a row. So that's one team probably overtaking Utah. So it's going to be tough. That's actually one thing to consider. And Toronto's going to try, I think. They don't want to convey their, you know, I don't know what the, this was for, was this for the, the Kawhi trade? Man, look at that. Uh, let's see, incoming. Let's see. I'm curious, actually. Outgoing San Antonio to Boston protected 31. Oh, that's second round. Let's see. Outgoing San Antonio to Phoenix. Wait. Toronto, one through six, Jakob Pertle trade. Oh, so they might want to be bad so they can get to... Wow. Oh, interesting. We'll see what Toronto does. But if they're out of the top six, then they give that away. So, ooh, interesting stuff. Anyways, uh, 
And then Utah's got theirs. This pick is currently not traded because it is protected 1 through 10. Um, that's right. So if it goes here, then it'll show traded. Ah, okay. That's how that works. Thank you, Tankathon. Anyways, is that enough thoughts tonight? We've gone 43 minutes. I think that's everything. Um, it's time now to do our Tankathon draft. If the draft was tonight, what would happen? And then we'll give a shout out to the All-Stars. All right, let's see. Let's give a shout out tonight, or not a shout out. Let's give a. Let's just see what happens in the lottery. The Jazz are at the number eight spot, currently getting the keeping their top ten protected pick. Boom! What happens? Whoa! Chicago jumps. Utah goes to nine, keeping the pick, which, according to Tankathon, gets them Reed Shepard, who's been pretty darn good for Kentucky. But I just don't want undersized guards. I doubt the Jazz want that either. Filipowski is actually kind of interesting. He's someone to watch, I would say. Um, a lot of interesting guys to watch. All right. So I don't think the Jazz want that. At that point, I think the Jazz really try to go for the top to get out of the bottom 10. Uh, let's see. Oh, Jesse James, you're right. 2026, we need our pick because we have two swaps we can use. Exactly. If we don't convey, we don't get those swaps. Sometimes swaps don't turn into anything, though, because if they... You know, let's just say you're better than those teams, then the swap doesn't even matter. And that happens more than you'd think, actually. All right, let's give a shout-out to Dangerous Danger FC, Christian House Money to Haas, Dirty Jazz Car Wash Channel, The Outlaw Jesse James Nelson, Joshua Hansen, The Danish Destroyer, Ryan Perry, The Legend, Isikali Ricebe, The Man from Down Under, Yes, Jake C. Can, See ya, Lexalator, Built Ford Tough, Alexander Tufts, Jorge Arrizagami, Miguel de Abajo, Jordan the Goat, Bestrol, TGD Total Game Domination, Tyson Price, The Price is Right, Austin R. Grant, Editor Extraordinaire, KG to Larry, KG to LM, Keontae George to Larry Markinen, Patrick Kugubal, The Connoisseur, and Robert Hall of Fame. Guys, if you haven't already, like and subscribe to the channel, and if you'd like to support the channel, join below. Join, join below. And yes, Merry Christmas, everyone. It's Christmas. Go eat some cookies. Go eat, eat open presents. Go get leave some cookies out for Santa. What's wrong with you? Santa's coming. Maybe for a trade with the Jazz. By the way, the only person that works harder than Santa right now is Danny Ainge, baby. And also, go to Price Picks. Use promo code Hoopsnerd. Guys, I will talk to you next time. <laughs>